0: Kai Yee, and today we're starting our first episode. Um, we're doing Life After PhD, a segment in our podcast called Science Talks. So who am I? I'm Kai Yee. I finished my PhD in biology two years ago and now I'm a postdoc. So during this time I kind of found out that academia is probably not what I want to stay in for the long term. So we're exploring some other non-academic careers and see what happens. We'll pass it on to my co-host, yo
1: Hi, so my name is I I graduated from Cambridge, UK, uh, two years ago as well uh, with a PhD in immunology. I'm pretty much in the same boat as Kai-E. I was and still am interested in science and academia, but maybe not in today's current climate. Both of us uh, happened to, we've known each other for years, but we've ran into each other and started talking about our futures at a seminar and decided that, you know what, if the two of us felt this way, other people probably did as well, and there aren't that many resources on what to do after your PhD outside of academia. So, maybe let's talk a little bit about history. Kai, what got you interested in science and in doing a PhD?
0: Actually, it started really early on. I think, like, I don't actually remember how long ago, but most people our age would have heard about Dolly the sheep, you know, Dolly the clone sheep. Mm -hmm. So they use like an adult cell and then they reprogram it and they got an adult sheet from it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so I was super excited. And then I was like, okay, so what is research? Yeah. So we had this, uh, I wanted to do an internship in, uh, JC junior college or high school equivalent. And I learned that biology research was my thing. What about you, Yoi? Why do you go into science?
1: I went into science for maybe a little bit more selfish reasons. I am an asthmatic. Still am, really, after 30 years. So I hated growing up. And I always wanted to find a cure for asthma, as silly as that sounds. That was pretty much why I did it. I went into immunology because I wanted to do allergy. And like you, I also did an internship, but I did it quite a fair bit later, I think after my army days, actually, which meant that I knew I wanted to be a scientist much later than you did, Mm. but I really enjoyed my time in the lab, simple as the work was for someone just out of army days. (laughs) Then it continued. I still do enjoy life at the bench and the questions Mm. that are asked, definitely. So obviously then the question would be, why are we making this podcast? What changed within the time of your 10 years ago and now?
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, like Yoi, I I still really enjoy being at the bench. What I don't enjoy and I have realised that it's not as, I guess, naive as I thought it would be. I mean, practically, I mean, obviously every country has a limit to how much money they can spend. And they're usually like for us in Singapore and in many countries, you want something that would give you returns. But biology basic research doesn't give you much money. That's the truth. And funding is difficult. Yeah. I don't like writing grants and fighting for funding all the time. I like just being at the bench and doing stuff like cloning Dolly or doing reproductive biology which i'm really excited about
1: but then theoretically you could then just be a career postdoc to the day you know we kick the bucket
0: yeah but there's <laughs> not that many of those in singapore right
1: that's true
0: so it depends where you're at so in some countries like us and europe i think there's a lot more of these senior scientist career postdoc things mm. but right now in singapore not really
1: Hmm. Maybe next time we can go into another episode where we talk about career scientists yeah. in other countries.
0: Or even here. There is few, but there are. But then if they're there, usually they're there for until they came
1: I guess I'm pretty much on the same boat there. The entire aim of academia appears geared to push a scientist straight into becoming a PI.
0: Yeah.
1: And as exciting as the thought would be running my own lab, part of me still kind of wants to pursue that route. But, looking at how much my my PhD boss had to sacrifice in terms of his family life mm. in order to get to where he is now, given that we've got only this one life, I'm not sure whether <laughs> I want to sacrifice that much. And, Sure, people might then say that, oh, that you don't love science enough to really go and be a PI yeah, and yeah. sacrifice all of this. And yeah, that, there is Maybe. a good point there.
0: I mean, it's just not for everyone and it's not for me. I need a work life
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. Especially now that I'm married. Actually, both of us are married. Yeah. Well, wait, hang on. We're not married to each other, but no, both of no, us are No, we have married. our own partners. Yeah, and I do want to, um, Have a family, grow up, uh, see them grow up, Mm -hmm. and not be in lab all the time.
0: I mean, the other thing about being a PI that I've seen is that you're not actually doing bench work anymore. You're a manager of people who do bench work, and I want to do bench work, so that's not for me. We have a disclaimer before we start, just to keep everything as honest as possible. We're not disclosing any of the employers and names unless I've been given permission to. And maybe we'll venture into doing interviews later on. But right now, it's just a general resource about careers.
1: Alright, now that we got that out of the way, (laughs) uh, what are we talking about today then?
0: So today we're talking about lecturing at a polytechnic in Singapore. So polytechnics are technical colleges, and they get diplomas at the end of it. In Singapore, we have five polytechnics, and it's the US equivalent of grade 10 onwards. I'm not sure about UK, do you know?
1: Mm, No, off the top of my head, I can't actually say. Yeah, but,
0: well, we have... I mean, there are quite a lot of vocational teachings, schools Mm. around, so this is similar to
1: that. And... I have to say that I don't have that much uh, experience with polytechnics because firstly I didn't go through the polytechnic, no, didn't. and given that I've been kind of out of the country for over ten years, I don't know many people who also came out of polytechnics. I've only just met a couple now that I am back here working in Singapore, but we don't really talk about, uh, you know, school experience. Polytechnics still is a form of tertiary education. Yeah. So in that case, what's the difference between the university versus a polytechnic then?
0: Yeah, polytechnics are meant to equip the students with skills that the industry wants. But in turn, I feel like university is more, you know, you're exploring. You don't get a lot more technical skills. So like biotechnology or biology, biomedical sciences in university. You just do a lot of theoretical stuff.
1: Mm, but in that, the labs, about, you don't... The do how more. about like practicals? So is it like if you're in the polytechnic, you're pretty much just doing practicals all the time? or? I mean,
0: they do have teaching theory background as well, but they emphasize a lot more on practical skills, mm-hmm. I feel like. You know, we don't have students who come in. I mean, in university, we have to actively do a research project to gain the research skills. Mm -hmm. But in polytechnic, in their labs, they all have to do research-related skills, like learn how to pipette, grow Mm -hmm. some cells, and Mm. then do some basic PCR Western
1: blocks. Uh, Whoops, Mm. that was uh, was an airplane going past. All right, (laughs) um, yeah... So, okay, so, if I wanted to become a polytechnic lecturer, then, I mean, I have to transition and become a teacher, then, in that case, but I'm not equipped to teach.
0: You mean you don't have a teaching degree? Yeah,
1: sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, I don't don't have an actual teaching degree, so so how does that work?
0: For Singapore, we don't need to go, I mean, Singapore, there's a teaching school at NTU, but for polytechnic lecturing, you don't need to do the MOE training or Ministry of Education training. Mm. They teach you inside the polytechnic for your first year. The While you teach, there are also courses you do that will allow you later on to teach at all of the other polytechnics as well. So mm. it's separate from a tip- teaching degree. You don't get a teaching degree after that, but you become kind of certified to teach at singapore polytechnics Mm. so they are looking for i mean phd holders and i think in the past maybe more than that there are also masters or other people with industry experience
1: right without
0: teaching degrees yeah
1: oh okay as a university lecturer well, or as a university professor, mm. obviously, you are expected to do your research, you're going to run the lab, yeah, and teach. So, what's the difference then, in a polytechnic, mm. what, do you, what do you do?
0: So, polytechnic lecturers mainly teach, that's like a, at least 50% core of it, and then the other half could be split into many different things, like mm. school administration, logistics, And sometimes, it's not required, but if you're interested, you can also go into research. Mm. Yeah, so research for polytechnic lecturers are different from university research. It's less intensive, I feel like. So Mm. you're not eligible for as many grants, but there are smaller ones you can apply for.
1: How about the... The scope of the research, then, is it still... like It's more
0: basic research. It's more basic research. Yeah, or like industry questions sometimes. Mm, So there might be collaborations with the industry.
1: I see. Correction, Kai, you meant to say applied research here, not basic research.
0: Yeah, and then these research will be run by yourself, but they don't have as much student resources. I mean, you only get the polytechnic students too work for you mm-hmm. and then maybe you can employ some research assistants so it's not as big as a university level you have yeah. like postdocs there and then you have grad students mm-hmm. they don't have that in the polytechnic. so obviously you run a smaller program mm. and then that would count for part of your evaluations at the at end of every year I mean in, yeah
1: for me that actually sounds really enticing because yeah. what I did learn out of my PhD, apart from becoming a better scientist, is that I really like teaching people. Mm-hmm. I love I love to mentor um the younger PhD students okay. or sometimes even the younger postdocs who nice. joined after me. And of course TAing being a teaching assistant in yeah. uh in my undergrad because I did go to the US for my undergrad. mm
0: mm-hmm. And Mom, wow, you already TA'd <laughs> in my undergrad, nice. Yeah.
1: And it was
0: Enjoyable. You know? Really
1: enjoyable. No. Actually. Sometimes more so to me than being at the bench.
0: Hmm. Okay,
1: so so let's say I biked. No. I want to become a polytechnic lecturer. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: What career progression can I expect then?
0: Yeah. So usually there are three paths that I learned about. There's the research one where you do a lot of commercialized industry research. Mm-hmm. Or depending on what kind of grants you get, that's the research track. But you still do teaching, so it's still Mm. a lot of teaching. It's not like the university where if you have a huge enough research program, you Mm. get away from teaching. In poly, you definitely need to teach. Okay. So that's one. Then the other one is in the academic track, where you basically just progress as a lecturer. Mm. And your other half is mostly student admin or school logistics
1: Actually, uh, just to segue for a second, that's a good point. I do know that in the universities, Mm -hmm. all the lecturers also have to play a huge role in school admin. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's also true in the polytechnics.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to help run your different programs Mm. and stuff, I think. Okay. Yeah, so that's similar. So that would be the academic track for it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. And then... uh, you, the other one is management, which mm. would be higher level and is thought to be later on in your career. So, usually you start off as an academic lecturer and then a senior lecturer. And within each one, there are different gradings. So, you get a little promotion in that way. Mm-hmm. And you mostly stay in teaching. Most people don't do much research in their labs, mm. I mean, in the polytechnic. Mm. And then later on, as you become more senior, then you move into management if that calls to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you call that? Principles? I don't know if they call that in the politics. I have no Precedence. Idea. Yeah.
1: But let's say but I could just simply stay as a teacher if I wanted to the end of my days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's what it sounds like. So for the first five years, it's similar to the university tenure track. Mm-hmm. And then once you pass that, You just stay on there.
1: Oh, you gain tenure after five years? Yeah, I think
0: so. You gain tenure and then you just continue teaching and you can explore the three different paths as you go. Hmm. You know, not kind of restricted in there.
1: Previously, you mentioned that after the in-house training, you would be able to then move between Mm -hmm. the polytechnics and teach. Yeah. Is that like compulsory? Do you know, is there a rotational basis or...
0: I mean, no, it sounds like you can stay there until you want to move. Or (laughs) if there is a suitable opening, more importantly. Mm, Yeah. So most people seem to stay within the polytechnic that they are for the long term.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: I mean, at some point, if some people don't like the polytechnic system, there has been easy transitions, mostly into industry. Or you can go into smaller universities to teach. We have some small ones now in Singapore. Or you can also do, like, field research or research in hospitals. Mm-hmm. More those clinical research the, labs.
1: Right, so in that particular case, you you would join the hospital.
0: Yeah, you join the hospital. Okay. Might be interesting to think
1: about, too. Hmm. That sounds a little bit weird to me, actually. Yeah. Because then the hospital, the labs in the hospitals, would then be hiring a lecturer to kind of ask them to go back to the bench. like. What, but it's what more
0: practical, you know, like clinical labs, like blood tests or like mm, genetic tests, like for IVF labs and all that. Mm-hmm. So not research, like exploring new mm, questions, okay. but making use of the technical skills we have to... Mm. Maybe manage labs or even do the tests yourself.
1: I see. Okay, so do you have some tips for anyone who might be interested in applying to the polytechnics?
0: It sounds like if you have any industry connections, or mm-hmm. if the best is if you work in industry, that's what they're looking for. So if you have a chance right now in your labs as a postdoc PhD students to work with an industry partner, that would be great. Because mm-hmm. what for them, they lot about internships. So if you have an industry connection, mm-hmm. then that's beneficial for the students. So mm-hmm. you can bring them in there.
1: I see. Yeah. so That actually kind of worries me a bit because mm. almost everyone I've spoken to, especially if when I've asked what should I do in order to get out of academic research and academic yeah. science is network, network, network. Know people, go out there, <laughs> make contacts and that scares the living bejesus out of me because I, I, I'm just not that type of person to go out to conferences, shake hands with all the big wings or yeah. industry partners and go, hi, I'm so-and-so, this is my name card. So obviously, I don't have anything like that on my CV. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is difficult for me as
0: well. And that's what I've heard too. And from a lot of people who I've talked to who've moved out of academia, that's how they got their job. They knew someone Mm. and then someone Mm. helped them get the job. But I found some of the ways that were helpful was to go for smaller networking sessions. Mm -hmm. That's how it worked for me. I mean, for everyone, it's different. Where it's, like, one person who has already moved out of academia. And then there's a bunch of us who, who they came specially to talk to. So it's less mm-hmm. intimidating. That's and true. obviously, I don't... Maybe I only approach a third of those people if they interest me. Uh-huh. And I just... If I really connect with them, then I'll say hi then. But usually what I do is get their contact and email them. And yeah. then I ask them out for a coffee and I talk more to them. Yeah. So that's how it's worked for me so far. It's it's annoying. And then there are other, like, I mean, I feel most, a lot of people are realizing that most people are not going to become PIs or university professors. So yeah. there's a lot more support groups in their career days and they have panels. So usually I'll go and listen and I'll find a few I like mm-hmm. and interested in and then I do an email and then I meet them for coffee. So that's how it's worked for me so far. But I mean, obviously I still haven't moved out. So, mm-hmm. But it has helped to network in some way.
1: Well, that's a big topic. So maybe we can actually have a future episode where we go more in-depth into networking and maybe give people out there... Yeah, get
0: people who love networking to give us some
1: tips. That and is say true. we have
0: some friends who are really into networking.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Alright, so actually, let's... Uh, probably wrap up this short form podcast with who should consider uh, applying to the polytechnics to be a lecturer
0: yeah i think it's meant for people who are not into the research track in the universities and they're not into like writing grants all the time where they don't need research to be a main part of their career and they're into more vocational training. Training people for technical skills, which was what you said you were interested in. Mm, yeah. like training people at the bench and what I'm interested in. I'm, I love doing that. I think that's fun. I like it more than just teaching the theory, memorize this, blah, blah. I like to see them know how to work stuff in mm, the lab. Yeah. So that's for, I think, who should apply... And obviously, if you have some industry connections like hospitals, some private companies that would be helpful on your resume, they're not too bothered about teaching experience. So, yeah. And it sounds like right now, I mean, because most of these lecturers get tenured, so they stay there for a while. That's true. So, there's not so much demand for lecturers because people stay there um so another option that was suggested is to look into other forms of vocational institutes. so in singapore we have the institute of technical education ite which also gives some kind of diploma so if you're in singapore there's something you can look into
1: well that's the end of Today's episode, uh, please send us an email at singingdancingscientists at gmail.com If you want to send us any feedback, any suggestions for future topics, or just to say hi.
0: That's it we have for today. Tune in next time.